Lots to be thankful for on my end, and um, thankful for another day, another opportunity to breathe, and to serve others. And um, I get to do that. I'm very honored that I get to do that. And hopefully everything is going on well with you. Thanksgiving for me when it came to work was, uh, is usually a heightened time when it comes to people really needing assistance because we're facing families, we're facing old wounds, and it gets a little overwhelming. I mean, just not just not to mention the expectations and the finances and all that good stuff and kids taking time off. Oh boy, <laughs> it's uh, it, it ain't a holiday for everyone, if you know what I mean, <laughs> according to what I was hearing, but I understand all of it. One would, would respect that. So it got me thinking as I'm sitting here on Thanksgiving evening, what do most people want to hear about before they get to work? And I, it, it came with clarity. And that is that you would benefit from knowing how to change the way you think about work and change the little things that you do that really add more stress on you than actually is. We can all make excuses. I'm, I'm one of those people, too, that if I let myself and I'm not practicing self-honesty, I will sure as hell make excuses about why I need to lose balance well, between work and my personal life. But I had to do these things that I'm about to tell you about today that help me Never talk about work in a, um, like I'm doing time. <laughs> I always think of prison and prisoners and inmate. Like I'm writing a, a pen pal telling them about how I'm doing time when I talk about work. I mean, that's that's how people sound. The majority of people sound. And just recently I had a session with someone that came in and had this language about, oh God, I'm going to be back to work on Monday and... And I'm like, the holiday hasn't even started. <laughs> so it, um, it gets, this is the, this, this is rowdy to me. This is, we've gone too far friends. So we're going to reel it back in. And I could relate to people that hated their work and overworked. I, I can also relate to in the past, disliking people at work or judging them or, I mean, I had trouble with work. I really did. And it felt again, like I was doing time, like I was trapped in it. The idea of being trapped or I had to go to work and all this fancy stuff. And these commands I had to clean up with time. And I think they've served me well. And I made some significant changes. I'm going to tell you about because it was time to do so when I really looked at my world and my life and how I was making decisions. And I looked at that honestly, and it was determined after hardcore assessment that uh, I was extreme. I had so many 
thinking patterns that did not work for me. And once I started questioning them and questioning if they're in fact real and softening these hard, hard edges of these thoughts, just softening them into reality, right? Not just what I wanted them to be and what my habits and thinking were, but really softened them into reality. It required me to be on my thinking all day long, be aware of it, be on it. And when a thought would come in, I would interrupt it. Simple as that. Even if I didn't feel like it was comfortable or familiar, I still know that familiarity does not mean that it was good for me. So I had to change those familiar habitual thoughts. And today I'm going to let you know about the bunch of stuff that I think significant in this transformation of me as a worker. And we go to work, man, most of our day, we spend more time at work than we do with our families. And at times, we just make it difficult. We make it difficult. And you'll see how we do this. And the only reason why I'm telling this is because I had to work on it myself. So I'm not exempt, remember? I'm not exempt. Okay, but keep an open mind and think of them as patterns. And when I tell you what they are, basically your self-awareness of them will interrupt them throughout the day. And then you can put in the thought that you would like to have or even soften it or not have a thought at all uh, or, or just in, interrupt the, the habitual pattern of doing it. Any of those things I just told you would be great commands for your brain as those patterns of thinking come up and even behaviors as well. All right, let's start to balance. <laughs> Number one, if you are doing work without being asked. So I told you about this patient that came in and he was telling me about work and how he figured out that he was assuming that people expected he would work more. He had a difficulty communicating with others because he felt awkward or guilty or assumed what other would think about him if he said, I really don't want to work those hours. He felt like he could not voice that. And that is insane because that's exactly what he needs to voice is whatever he wanted to accomplish with his time. And he had the right to do that. He was a supervisor and he had that kind of luxury to say, yes, I can manipulate my schedule to get more balance in my life. And finally, he said when he came back that he did do that after looking at what he assumed was needed. He went over to the other supervisor he was trying to help and told her, do you actually need my help? And the supervisor said to him, no, I don't need your help. And he was blown away because he assumed that this person was overwhelmed and they needed my help. And he put himself there and began to resent his job and began to resent his work all because he just did not communicate with people and their expectations were not known to him because he didn't ask. So I want you guys to look at your life right now and look at your job. Are you doing more than is being asked? Could you remove that off your plate if you just communicated with bosses, coworkers, whatever you need to do, communicated with them about what their expectations are, or hell, even being honest with what your expectations are? You have a lot of power 
do not take away your power because you're going to sound like you're trapped. I hate my job. I don't want to go back all because I'm assuming that people need me to do this work when they did not even ask me to. So you volunteered yourself out of guilt and shame or this need to please others or be noticed, all of which they're going to be ego driven, right? So and we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Okay, so I hope I got that clear. If you're doing work without being asked to do, you're getting paid to do a job. And my previous supervisor was a really great uh, person in verbalizing his boundaries. You know, he never worked on a weekend. He never worked evenings. That was his family time. And it was pretty freaking clear. Everybody around him knew that. He said it right away and he just made the decision and it was it was straight up so he always told me Tala that people pay you for this job and they don't pay you for the extra stuff you do please understand that your time is worth money respect your time as a worker and do what is being asked and what you're being paid for but do not assume that your work is not as valuable and add more work onto your work because you don't think you are valuable and your time is not worthy. Does that make sense? This was an epiphany for me when I heard that concept being presented because I've always thought that people just work hard and, and everybody talks about work as being stressful, but I loved how my uh, supervisor always made it look so easy and it was simple stuff that he did, but just it was on a grand scale for me to see it. And I was attracted to that idea of having boundaries and understanding that I need to ask for what I want and I need to make sure that I don't add work that I'm not being paid for because my time is money. And that's a cool thing to think. And I'm not doing it with ego. I don't tell people that my time is money. I behave that way. And so if people um, expect something from me or, or want something from me, they have to tell me. They have to communicate to me, which is great, right? It's good for them, good for me. I'm not confused. They're not confused. And if what the, whatever they're asking me uh, has a price, then I go ahead and name it. Even with the fear that they might reject it or they might think of me differently, I don't really care at this point. I've practiced it so much that I, I care enough about giving them the opportunity to say yes or no. And that's cool with me today. All right. I spent a lot of time on that one. Okay. So for kind of figure out your assumptions and figure out, are you assuming that people are asking you to do more work than you're actually doing? So unload that load. You don't need it. It's an egotistical thing. You don't need it. Make it easier for you. And your time is always worthy. Number two. Uh, oh yeah, this is a, <laughs> one can relate on that one, right? Back in the day, Tala, yes, 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 Tala to do that is I would judge my bosses or I would come up with assumptions about my coworkers and their personalities. There would be clicks that would start and I would, I, all that was, oh my God, before I kind of woke up and changed. That was so common. That was so common. And it, and a lot of people around me did it, but there were few that did not do it. I just never noticed them. <laughs> but the, the people that did do it, I always gravitated towards and, and this idea of judging bosses, you know, in my head, I would, the supervisors have it the hardest, I think, because everybody does not, I mean, not everybody, but people do not like authority. 
and it reminds them of their own parent. And if they have problems with their own parent and issues with that, they were, go- they're going to, to, to have issues with you if you're a supervisor. So I've, I really honestly sending you a lot of love. If you guys are supervisors out there, just take it easy on yourself and expect that people are going to have difficulty with you, but that's not because you're a difficult supervisor, but it is because it's a, a difficult position. Going back to judging bosses and coworkers, going into uh, saying their intentions in telling me to do this thing or to finish up this paperwork and it's their tone and how they said it. I start playing psychic and figuring out that this is why they really said it and this is what they really mean and it's all cruel. It is cruel to them and definitely not compassionate to our own brain. So relieve yourself from this mess and give people their privacy work is just work when I go to work today it is as simple as I I just go in I enjoy people and I leave I don't necessarily do anything extra after that when it comes to work it is it is just there and I'm polite I'm cordial I am uh, non-judgmental And I practice that religiously and vigorously. And when I do feel a judgment creeping up, I confront it within myself. I don't confront other people for it. Because these judgments come in and usually me assuming someone else's intention. And it's never good. And today I'm aware of that, so I do interrupt it. And you're not in any danger of me opening my damn mouth and letting you know about what I think, what I feel that you are saying. Both of which is not true because I don't have no idea. I'm not a psychic. So uh, we start putting too much attributes to bosses and coworkers instead of just making this a professional setting as in, hey, that's the safety net for me is that it's professional. I don't have to get to go further than that and count on and depend on you as a friend and and just make sure you don't stab me in the back. No, I mean, if you conduct yourself in a way where uh, you don't engage in all that nonsense. I promise you, this is exactly what you're going to get back. Even from people that do do it, they're probably going to respect you because they don't know much about you. And that's a good thing. It is such a good quality to have. And I had to learn that little bit at a time. So stay away from judging bosses, playing psychic with your coworkers and doing those click things. Those are just, it's making work more emotionally, uh, driven rather than just being it's work that's it that's it I go in I leave I enjoy that because there's not a lot of heaviness people don't come and tell me gossip and people don't come and do all this stuff to me that's um or with me for that matter because I could be definitely engaging that but I don't do it and I found out by not practicing gossip or not practicing any so any judgment of others within me and interrupting those patterns and really given them their own privacy to think and feel whatever they want. It has made me enjoy work just, oh my God, tremendously, tremendously. And I hope that you guys start implanting that. If you've already have these assumptions at work about people, I urge you to start taming them. It's a great idea to give people their privacy to think and feel. And even if they've hurt you in the past, just give them a new shot. I want you to enjoy your work. And I don't need to go all the way in with them. All right. If you've, if they've shown you they're not to be trusted, cool, cool. I need to see that today. I don't need to gossip about them. That is them and their suffering. And I don't need to engage in that. 
I'm not suffering. I'm good on the inside. People are allowed to do whatever they want. It's about them. It ain't about me. All right. <laughs> Tala. 60 minutes already. Jeez Louise. Uh, Christmas is about to, the New Year's is about to show up. <laughs> Number three. Uh, oh, yeah, that one. Gosh, that one is a big one, people. And if you're a student too, ooh, you you need this one here. It's the repeating in your mind the to-do list over and over again. It's seriously a form of shaming. I mean, you will not believe how much I used to do that. Where I would say, "Oh my God, okay, I have to do this and this," and I would say this over and again. Oh my God, I still have, I still have, blah 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 blah. I still have, I still have this to do, and I still have this to do, and I and I keep repeating these ridiculous to-do lists, and it's just putting more pressure mentally and of course physically on me I'm exhausted by the time I actually get to do those reports or whatever it is I've been putting in my head that I have to do I get, I get to, it needs to be done I gotta I gotta do this I gotta do this I gotta so forget the to-do list you are not <laughs> you are not safe to do one if you are doing what I'm asking what I'm what I'm just showing you I'm doing all day long you're just not safe to do it so just remove the to-do list you know exactly what you need to do you don't got to repeat it to yourself okay you know what you need to do have no judgment or opinion about it, especially when you say things like repeating the, the, oh my God, I still have this left. I still have this left and it's going to be a long day and it's going to be a long report. I mean, you're putting too many judgments on this one thing that you have to do or this few things that you have to do. Approaching your day really with little to no judgment or opinions about what you have to do. It makes work glide beautifully, glide beautifully. So it takes me to the next command that I think you say to your brain that I need you to just interrupt the saying, I have to finish this tonight. I have to blah, blah, blah. I have to write five reports. Okay. Uh, I mean, if you've been listening to me for a while, you would know that the human spirit does not like these commands. <laughs> it does not like to be told have to. We know today that when I am doing something that is uh, something that I don't have any rules about or any resistance towards. Like, for example, for me, easily sewing, I have no resistance about. I can just do easily because I have no opinion about it. I just do it. Oh, great. And it makes it go faster. But when it comes to writing up reports or things that I have to do at work, I may have some resistance in that. And the resistance comes in from the I have to's. So I want you to change this command to something more realistic. You don't have to. You don't have to, and I say this often to people, you don't have to finish reports. You don't have to do it today because there's only a consequence that if, if you don't do it today, this is what will occur. You could get a write-up or you could lose uh, money or you could be behind on some other work. All of that, which people run in their minds at the, as the worst case scenario, but I need you to, to stop that altogether. We don't want to say I have to when it comes to work. I Choose to is a lovely non-resistant type of command for your brain that you're going to love. You're going to love that one. Today, I choose to write my reports. I choose to uh, do the calculations that I need to do. Whatever. I choose to do it. I choose to do it. And whenever I used to say I have to go to work today, oh, I would interrupt that real quick. Tala would say, oh, Tala, Really? You, you have to, really? Somebody's putting a gun to your head. You have to work. And it would, I would laugh at it basically. 
And that worked. That worked a lot. I, I love using humor when it comes to me because I, I have a better relationship with me today and I can use humor without the shame. And, uh, and I would get the point across to remove that resistance. So we don't have to do anything, especially at work. I get paid to do it, friends. And that's good news. It's, it needs to be very definitive for you. What is it is that you do and, and the things that you would like to do to make your life easier, just do them. You don't, you don't have to have, I have to do them. I don't have to do any, you don't have to do anything. So stop saying it. Stop saying it. <laughs> Again, your brain does not like this command. It will rebel against it. And then you'll be self-destructive in a very subtle way or not so subtle. I don't know. It could work either way. For example, you could, you know, start talking to people just as a way to be like, oh, well, you know what? Nothing gets done anyways. Might as well just have fun a little bit or just you know, chit chat with others or take longer doing stuff. And it's like a form of rebellion. It's self-sabotaging in a lot of ways, right? I would think. Okay. So nobody has to, when it comes to work, I get paid to do it and I like the, the, the pay. So, Hey, do it. I like my fresh food that I get to buy and my hot water and uh, my electricity. I don't need to worry about those things. Because I get to have a job to get the currency for that. Cool, cool, cool. Oh, yeah. So number five. I don't know if you have been numbering them, but hell. Number five. Taking change personally. <laughs> and I remember this when I used to work um, in the prison setting. Policies constantly change. And... <laughs> I was one of those people that would really resist the policies and start having an opinion about them, even though it ain't my business. My, I'm getting paid to just do the, whatever this, the policy is asking for. And policies will change no matter where you work. If you're a teacher, oh, you guys, I, I know deal with a lot of change and policy change and benchmarks and standards and blah, blah. I, poor, poor guys. I, I, I know, I know definitely how difficult this can be, but especially, especially if I have an opinion about it, like I need to have an opinion about something I'm not responsible for, which is making those policies that makes my life hard on the inside and on the outside, because I'm resisting the fact that I have to change because of what is being asked of me to do. Cool. A new policy comes in. I just do it. A memo comes in. I just go ahead and enforce it. It's not difficult, but our ego can make us think that we have, a, we have an opinion about this and we need to expose this rotten system that keeps changing. I mean, ch any system will keep changing. You're a system and you do change. And if you're resisting change, friends, we're going to get better at it. It's going to make your work life hard. Period. It's going to make your life hard, period. You're not, you're not helping the cause. <laughs> you're not helping the cause. So hear me on this one. Okay. Don't take change personally. The more fluidly you accept change, the better you get at being less stressed and more productive at work. It'll, it just makes sense. It's a win-win situation here. You cannot go wrong when you do that. All right. Number six. When we are ego-driven at work, and what I mean by that is if, oh gosh, if I'm being asked to do something that may have been and kind of added to my job duties and I would like to keep the job, 
it's best to make the decision because it is the decision to hopefully stay. And if you want to change a job, so what we usually do is, what we'd like to do at least, is apply for other jobs while I'm in this one so I can I can venture out without missing a beat here, especially when it comes to finances, right? This is usually referring to something that would be a mess with your identity or would not be significantly involved with your identity. And the best example I can use is when I worked at the prisons, because we were short-staffed, as many prisons are, I had to do a lot of other duties because it's a different setting and because on lockdowns we were not able to leave the facility or 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 uh, even do certain things within the facility that we were supposed to do was part of my job. I had to do other things like uh, help people in the kitchen, help people uh, with doing inspections, things that a counselor would not do in the outside world. But I resisted that at first and it later became on a really good important experience for me and what resisted that in me was my ego (laughs) really my ego resisted that when it told me that I can't do this job because I I have a license for God's sakes why would I need to do this I need to help people but helping people if that's my goal right it would have been to serve food or to help with uh, the, the stuff that we needed to do within that prison to, to make it function more effectively for everyone. So besides my personal example, another example that could probably act to describe this is if you're dealing with customers. Customers come from all backgrounds, all shapes and sizes, with all shapes and sizes of egos and mental health concerns, uh, life situations, and our ego sometimes will not let us help a customer who's coming to be help from me because they're either too loud, too obnoxious. And I start taking this personally, right? I'm just like, nobody's going to talk to me that way. Or, you know, I give it right back to them, <laughs> which you can absolutely do. I think it would require a lot of discipline and knowledge to hold yourself back and, and not give others what you think they deserve. It's really humble, is the best way to describe this, an act of humility to be tolerant of another person who is being difficult. And it shows more of your strength in doing so, not your weakness. But of course, a lot of us will perceive this as weakness if I just don't fight back. But that's your baggage. But we're talking about us cleaning this up by just simply stating the facts is that I'm getting paid to deal with the situation and sometimes the situation is not what I believe it needs to be. Again, ego-driven. It will just act as a resistance in my being when it comes to my own work. And I will get in a lot of trouble here and there when it comes to work because it is not what's it's not applicable to work settings. It's not about ego. I'm getting paid here. It does not need to be that heavy. <laughs> it does not to be attached to the center of my soul. We don't, we don't need to go all the way. Again, ego, the opposite of that is just humility. If the best way to say it. Uh, hopefully that makes it clear. The final one here is number seven. Work 
is not an identity. Getting out of this idea that my work is my identity, it's all I am. I'm just so valuable. Oh my gosh. If we are going through that phase, because it is a phase, if we go through that phase that I, I need, I'm so important because of what I do and I'm so important and da 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 da, uh, that it, that I can't do all the other stuff that is beneath me or it's just my identity. And it goes along with the ego driven part of that I, I can't do this because it's not my job type of idea that this work identity situation is our way of getting value in a controlled structured setting and it's a lot easier because i can be measuring my own productivity through numbers through service through how much money i make whatever there's ways to measure my importance and my value. That's why we, we turn into workaholics and all of it isn't just nonsense. Don't glorify it. All you're doing is running away, <laughs> running away and getting your value from where you think you can get your value in a more structured and controlled setting. But if I go home, you know, my wife or my husband, I can't control their mouth. I can't control their moods. My children, oh, I definitely can't control my children and I lose my mind. So I like to go to work because it's, again, I know what to expect. I know it's structured. I know how much I'm going to get paid for this or what's going to happen throughout the day. It's, it's, it's a false need for value in this case, but I mean, we can get it. Yeah. We can get those accolades, those, uh, praises for our work, but we lose something. We sacrifice something very important. Work is not my identity on my deathbed, friends. My job will not be there. My, my coworkers, unless they're family, they're not really going to be there to help me through thick and thin. Uh, but I will be there. And I want to make sure I take care of myself. By making my work my identity, I lose track of my world and my reality or what is really happening in front of me. Because I make this work thing mean my importance. But unfortunately with that, if I lose my job or if I change my job, I have to deal with this significant loss to my ego or my identity, which is not going to serve us well. It's not going to help us move forward emotionally or mentally or even physically because I've known many people that lost their job, won't take a lesser job because... It's not what their degree is in, or it's just not the same title. I'm not going to get demoted. It's complete ego, complete pride playing this part when I really need a freaking job. So I will starve, starve my family, not pay my mortgage, right? Just in to prove a point that is completely ego driven. It is this concept of my identity is attached to my work or my title. It's just not nice to you. It's not nice to our well-being because if that job as and many things are actually almost everything is is impermanent in nature i will lose my mind i will lose my mind if it's taken away from me so let's not get to that point let's just start now detaching compassionately from our work from that concept emotionally detaching from our work or being more appropriately emotionally emotionally invested in work but in a balanced sense in a self-loving sense that I don't mistake it for who I am you know I'm a therapist I'm a teacher I'm a 
cop and that's who I am and this need for belonging to a group. I think as we evolve, literature shows that and many wise people that have written this literature show that it's not about getting the most titles or the most education or the most or the the the, the most money it's about really thinking we are all connected we are all one and it's an act of humility to have to get there beautiful way to get there that we are all one and that this cannot be part of our identity because it is not part of me on the inside and part of my body. It is just simply a concept. Work is just a concept. It cannot be my identity. I hope that makes sense and I'm not losing you, but I wanted to make sure I hammer that in. <laughs> Maybe I am beating a dead horse, but I sometimes do. <laughs> you know me, but I think you need it. I know that with repetition comes our ability to buy into it more and more subconsciously so or even consciously so that's why I do it and I have a like a habit of doing that anyway just repeating it in different ways so your brain can really find different ways to use this concept okay so work is not my identity don't make it your identity you will not like the outcome of that you will not be able to be whatever the situation wants you to be and that would be an absolute sad outcome here and a sad way to live this beautiful thing called life. Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight. I hope this was useful to you and happy Thanksgiving. Whether you're spending it by yourself or with the family, it's a beautiful time to spend it with you in self-love and harmony. I'm sending you love, light, and the understated freedom of going to work or not. This has been an episode of Drive Through.